Does nose intercepts data <laughs> from outside? Uh, I don't know. I think the brain has something to do with it, and like a nervous system or something. It's. I think there's membranes involved. <laughs> yeah, probably those too. A little bit of mucus, maybe. It is actually. It's a weird <laughs> mucus that there's a weird problem with it where it's hard to get smells onto them, so it has to make like this weird, like kind of bus system. Okay. Through the mucus to get parts of whatever you're smelling to build the profile. Okay. So it just kind of traps them and then it's like, hey, get on the odor bus. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I like that. Thank you, body, for continuing to amaze me. And yeah. Bring it's me all these a, delights. It's all a fucking accident, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Th- I mean, good, good and lucky accident, I suppose. Happy little accident is what you're saying? We're blind, but we can think. I don't know if that's, um, I guess today's episode is like uh, sort of about smell. That's right. Where I got a quick question. Where does it rank for you among the senses? Like one to five or one yeah. to six? Are we cl- including <laughs> uh, We'll leave Haley Trollosman out of this and we'll but just go if, with the five. Okay. Because <laughs> seeing ghosts is pretty high up there, uh, especially because I can't do it. Yeah. I would say smell is probably number three. Okay. I'll go, I'd go with three too. Like, smell is a little underappreciated for me, maybe. Yeah, because you get a lot of bad smells. So I'm like, I could do without this. I need the bad. That's how I know that things are dangerous. Right. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, the bad smells, you know, they are for safety. And then I do get the good smells. Dude, sometimes you get addicted to bad smells. True. There's like bad smells that you're like, mm, gotta <laughs> gotta get another fucking whiff of that. Yeah. Although pickle juice, if you get juice on me, I will fucking hold a grudge against you for your <laughs> entire life. You hate the smell of juice. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, I'm a, I usually don't like it, but I'd say there are times where I do. One time when I was, uh, God, how old was I when I was in Tucson? What that was for like eighteen to twenty. For me, it was. We're like pretty much the same age. Yeah, so I was probably like 19. Yeah. I was working at that Wendy's long enough to be like, to get established as like me as Keelan there. Yeah. And we hired a new guy and somebody was like, hey, fill up this glove full of juice and poke a <laughs> hole in one of them and spray <laughs> Keelan with it. And uh, when they got to us, I was just screaming at him. <laughs> like I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because he soaked my shirt in juice at the beginning of my shift. Yeah, that would be a bummer. Yeah, and I hate the smell of juice. <laughs> Did you hate it previously? Oh, yeah, everybody knew that I hated the smell of juice because it's yeah. one of the things that when we're like cleaning up, like I'll get juice and be like, man, this shit sucks. <laughs> and you just talk about it casually and people use it as ammo later and uh, almost get the new guy killed. And because that was the first time anybody had ever intentionally gotten juice on me and that's Mm -hmm. not okay like accidental juice i could fucking handle but especially if everybody knows that i hate juice like that's an attack and i'll scream at you so that you never do that again because that's what (laughs) screaming at people is for (laughs) that's right so what are some of your other most hated scents most hated sense i mean the smell of dead stuff but (laughs) okay yeah like the smell of specifically like a dead animal that you can't quite find when you're just walking like a path or something you're like oh something something dead's around here um i hope i don't see it or step on it (laughs) definitely i hate the smell of mothballs that's a i think pretty unanimously i don't know that i know what mothballs smell like is that just the smell of dust no, it's a little more, um, there's a chemical too, like naphthalene. Do you know the smell of naphthalene? No. That also kind of smells like mothballs. Now I have to get some naphthalene to <laughs> check and see if I know what mothballs smell like. Does it smell the same way cotton tastes? A little bit, I guess. Okay, because yeah. I think <laughs> I, I know think what that, that is. 
it does have like a old kind of smell too. So I think you're like you're kind of in the in the arena. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some things do have that specific cotton smell that is also that taste to me, and usually those things I don't like touching. Yeah, it's. I would guess it's kind of like old and biological smelling, but not quite the dead but smell. Not, yeah. So, but not musky. I, musky would. Or I guess be musty because yeah. musky is like from an animal, and musty is like. Oh yeah, like dust. Because <laughs> it's not like you're going up to a beaver and getting some must on you. But maybe musty kind of works too. I would say it's kind of musky and musty. Yeah, I think what I meant was musty, because <laughs> musky is what you get out of a beaver. Yeah. Or, I guess... A musk. Elon Musk's homemade musk. <laughs> Tusk. Did you ever see that movie? Y- yes. I didn't. That movie is... <laughs> I want to. That movie's pretty funny. There, that So that is a perfect movie that is plot-to-gore ratio. Okay that it's like there are some parts of that movie where i'm like this is fucking awful why am i watching it and i'm like because they're turning a man into a fucking walrus you crazy person when else are you gonna see this yeah yeah we were discussing earlier right before this your uh, plot to gore ratio yeah and senseless violence really and i agree with you on this like if it's just violence for the sense of violence like i'm out yeah if it's nonsensical violence that doesn't like hold any bearing to reality like superhero movies are usually fine right but they're not like gory like realistic violence but yeah. they're just like, we just yeah. made a movie where this guy's just going to break everyone's arm in the most realistic <laughs> way possible. Like, I'll I'll not be watching that. We'll call it Bone Breaker. Uh, that's almost certainly already a movie. I watched <laughs> I'm watched. i sure there is a movie called Bone Breaker. <laughs> Dude, I watched that uh, Escape, or whatever the movie where it's just him in jail trying to get out to his wife or whatever. And he has to get himself put into maximum security. Oh, uh, is that fugitive? No. no, he doesn't get to be a fugitive. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think he fight. The plot of this whole thing is he goes to jail because he fucked up and he's just trying to do his thing, but he loves his wife. And he finds out his wife is in trouble and he needs to, like, he's basically getting blackmailed from outside of jail to get this information to get out of jail. This sounds so familiar. Who's, like, the main dude? I don't know, but it's just <laughs> this guy beating the hell out of everyone. And Mm. it's not like it's not a bad flick for action wise. They come up with some impressively uh, inventive ways to induce harm upon another person. Man, we got to look this up now. I feel like there's probably someone listening that's like, God damn it. I think it's blah, blah, (laughs) blah. I want to say it's like escape from cell something or block something. Yeah, how should I search it? Prison Break movie. (laughs) You're going to get the movie Prison Break. that's That's the TV show. Uh, what did you say? Escape from block, whatever. Escape from cell or block or whatever. Yeah, I don't... Escape from cell 54? Maybe. Escape from cell block 3? I don't... You just keep saying... It's a newer <laughs> movie. Escape from death block 13? Uh, I don't... I... You're, you you <laughs> have all of the information that I have about the name of that. You're Is it made in 2021? Maybe. You're going to have to get bigger pictures that I can see if, if you want me. Yeah. That is not it. He does not <laughs> get a gun until the very end, I think. It's definitely... So have you ever seen Falling Down? No. Falling Down is the most Grand Theft Auto video or movie ever made. Yeah. Yeah, it's just some guy is in traffic. It's good that this episode's about smell. Um, <laughs> this guy is in traffic and he kind of just like loses it. And just gets out, just starts beating the hell out of somebody in front of him. And then it's him. I think he's going to work. He's doing something. But he's just also going through and beating the hell out of people all the way through. But he's a normal looking guy. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what the end of that is. I saw it a long time ago. But that movie is mostly just funny because it's a normal looking guy fighting (laughs) people. Well, we'll have to figure it out and we'll put a quick little edit in (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. This is the name of the movie. It was Brawl in Cell Block 99. Now back to smells. Yeah. I want to talk to you about synthetic smells first, and we'll discuss a little bit of the chemistry behind smells, and then I got some facts for you. I have one really 
just actual question before all of this. Okay. When you do the botulism thing and you make the botulism smell like bananas, is that <laughs> a synthetic smell after that because you did it, or is that just an engineered smell? I have no idea. I would assume that that's synthetic, kind of like they do with like natural gas, <laughs> where they're like, we're adding some odor so you guys know. Okay. I just wanted to know. I've always, because yeah. that's some like hooliganism that can happen when it comes to <laughs> selling stuff, I guess, later in the world. Yeah. I've also heard that um, certain people, they smell bananas on people that have Alzheimer's. That sounds ridiculous and wrong. Yeah. So I guess bananas are just like stay away kind of smell. <laughs> I mean, there is a Mitch Hepburn joke that's sort of like that. I'm trying to remember it. It's like bananas are backwards. Green means no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yellow means okay. <laughs> and red means where the hell did you get that banana? <laughs> right. So as far as making synthetic scents, the easiest way to do it is with esters. Most things that smell good are esters. I should say that first off. Like um, my aunt's ester? <laughs> yeah, your aunt, your grandma, any Esther that you might know. I feel like the dog from the Thin Man series is also named Esther. Really? It's, uh, I don't know the Thin Man series. It's just delightful. <laughs> is, is, it, is the dog particularly known for its keen sense of smell or its... Oh, he's known for helping out with detective stuff, so <laughs> the Thin Man series is like the very small part of my life where I love old black and white movies with adorable couples solving crimes. Nice. Yeah. That's what it's about? It's um, just a thin yeah. old man who well, loves no, his wife? No, so the Thin Man, it's one of those movies where like the first one, there's a reason that it's named the Thin Man, and then after that, they're just the Thin Man. But the <laughs> Thin Man in the first one is the bad guy. Okay. And it's like a retired detective that is married to a rich woman that wants to be a detective. So he keeps being like, we're going to go on vacation and have a normal time. And she keeps being like, your friend showed up and now we're solving a murder. <laughs> nice. Which is pretty funny because it goes, <laughs> it starts with him being an alcoholic and actually goes out of him being an alcoholic at some point. Like there's six movies and mm. it's like them through their kid being old enough to that they have to worry about him starting crime. Okay. That would be kind of cool if you had a friend that every time he showed up, you, uh, you just had to solve a murder. No. But sometimes you'd be that like, would be oh, awful. man, right now? <laughs> I would not be okay with that. Like, solving a mystery, yes. Solving specifically a murder, I'd be like, my friend murders somebody every time he comes <laughs> to visit me and then uses me to set up the proper parameters for him to get away with it. <laughs> Esther the dog um i was like how did we get here yeah uh so esters what esters are basically in organic chemistry it's a whole class of chemicals that are essentially just a double bonded oxygen attached to a carbon <laughs> attached to some kind of r group where r is just whatever compound right so the way to make a delicious fragrant ester uh, is basically by taking a carboxylic acid uh, and mixing that with an alcohol in an acidic environment, and you'll create an equilibrium action that will give you an ester and uh, water as a byproduct. Mm. <laughs> Smelly and delicious. Yeah. And you can use Le Chatier's principle to drive that equilibrium reaction in either direction. Do you use Le Chatier's principle to make LaCroix? <laughs> That's totally not how you make LaCroix. You yeah. just pour water over dead fruit. Yeah, I think that's more of a simple mixture. I would say it's a <laughs> sieving process. Yeah, that too. Definitely. Uh, but here you have like an actual reaction going on. So really what's happening is just that uh, free hydrogen from the alcohol group is going to switch with the now protonated oxygen in the double bond. So essentially, it's just like a little hydrogen shift uh, and you're left with an ester. What that looks like as far as like a practical thing is just a bunch of solutions that you mix together. Um, with some of it, depending on what you're using, you will see like a color change. 
But other than that, it's like, you know, nothing crazy. You're not going to have like a big reaction. There is um, oftentimes in what's called esterification, so the production of esters. Uh, I was hoping that was like we just turned him into a smell. <laughs> like instead of disintegrating, you esterized somebody and they just <laughs> were a smell now. Yeah. You're like, now your name's Esther and you're it's, just yeah. an odor. And, and you smell like <laughs> him and or her. <laughs> Uh, but in esterification, sometimes to get rid of that excess water, like the product of water that you're generating, um, you do want to use distillation. So you can see that in it sometimes. But other than that, it's really just like mixing liquids together. That's how fragrances are made. There's actually a guy who is kind of famous for doing this on the spot. His name is Yusef Bai. Have you ever seen this guy? No, but does he like have a traveling cart just filled with vials? And he's like, aha, I will make a chocolate. <laughs> it's not a traveling cart. It's a shop in Dubai, but everything else, yeah. Oh, so is he like an actual fragrantor or whatever? <laughs> yeah, he's like a perfumist. There's another word for There's, it. So, so this is one thing. There are four words for <laughs> yeah. guy who makes smell. And there's like fragrant or, but there's like a super corporate one that's just like scent manufacturer or something like yeah. that. That I'm like, okay, they made that one for like, cause they have to sell stuff to Walmart. Yeah. Olfactory engineer. That actually might be it. <laughs> yeah, probably. I watched some videos, read a little bit about just the perfume production process. So here's some key elements. You want something that's going to evaporate easily, non-toxic, will not react with water, is insoluble. And basically, uh, um, it's kind of crazy to think about it this way. But what's happening when you're wearing perfume is, you know, it makes contact with your skin, sits on your skin or whatever. And because it's a highly volatile substance, meaning it just wants to evaporate, uh, the warmth of your skin and conductance of your skin just makes that substance evaporate. And that's where the odor comes from or where it comes out, really. Yeah. yeah. You just described <laughs> all of the properties of me. <laughs> I'm insoluble and warm. <laughs> and so there's a whole science to it. And I kind of wondered this about Yusef Bai. Um, I'm sure it's kind of like a mix of art and science at this point. But there's a whole science to it, right? Like, I've pulled up this table right here, and this is just on Wikipedia, of um, different chemicals you can mix together and produce to create different scents. Is there like 300 base ones? What do you mean, base? I have a number here. My internet stopped working before I could look this number up. <laughs> That's like, and I don't know if it's somebody's scent profile that they have already digitized. Oh, so or I, I if might it's know the bases for what they use to just build smells. Okay, so yeah, it's like I think I know what you're talking about. I saw like a little pyramid type thing, and I guess that's a thing where they're like, uh, the way to build a smell is like the base, the heart, and the head. So it's like a base would be like you know, kind of your core smell or something that yeah. the other odors can kind of sit on top of. The heart would be like something kind of more full and like complex yeah, and then the, the head is like as, a fruity note yeah, or something like building that. a flavor profile but for yeah. the nose exactly almost everything in your face is the exact <laughs> same thing yeah i guess wet things and dry things because your ears and eyes well i guess your eyes are kind of wet like your ears and eyes operate similarly and your taste buds and nose operate similarly like right. via getting like molecular versus waves yeah so as far as like humans kind of embracing this uh, chemistry of the whole process and esterification, they were doing it a little bit uh, without noticing it, really. I, I mean, that's how most things work, right? We just kind of start doing it and then later we talk <laughs> learn about, the science. Are you and, talking about potpourri? Like, we've just been keeping <laughs> these good smelling things around for a while and now we're going to start doing it because they smell good, not just because we... Like, yeah, you just know that it smells. It's like when you pick up a piece of grass. 
Like, yeah. This is my piece of grass now. And you just have it. And you're like, after a while, you start weaving them. Then you become a basket weaver. That's yeah. what you do for the rest of your life. And they call you the weavers. <laughs> you just pass that on from generation to generation. Yeah. And then a thousand years later, you're working at a computer and they're like, why is her name Weaver? Well, you weave code now. <laughs> you just got to. Why do I have this like unstoppable urge to make baskets? <laughs> I sometimes wonder about that. Like if people are going to talk about epigenetics, like why aren't all the Schumachers like secretly <laughs> going off into the corner making shoes? Yeah. Um, but yeah, potpourri is a great example too. Or pomanders. Do you know pomanders? Are those those orange things? I think oftentimes oranges were involved they're the uh the things that they carried around to like ward off the plague oh no yeah smoky circles that's yeah yeah, i so what i'm thinking of are the when you just get a bunch of cloves and shove them in oranges which is something i used to do for hours when i was a little little kid yeah because every christmas my mom would make potpourri and those oranges and i'm somebody you can just put in front of a tv and be like Here's a task that doesn't involve your brain. <laughs> and I'll look done after whatever I'm watching is over and the task will be done. Yeah, so those are both good examples. I'm talking more specifically about esterification. So what people were doing was actually kind of producing esters without realizing it. Um, one of the first perfumes is a thing called uh, Hungary water. Have you ever heard of that? I mean, <laughs> like the country Hungary. Okay, yeah. So I think <laughs> I'm trying to I enunciate have, Hungary. <laughs> I, I think I have, but is it just rose water or something? Pretty much. So yeah, it would be um, brandy mixed with yeah different flowers, spices. Um, so one of the original recipes, and it's like, of course, it's all disputed, and people are like, I have the original Hungary water recipe and whatever, but it was. Basically, brandy, rosemary, mint, and thyme. It's such a good thing I didn't know that while I was still drinking. Because <laughs> somebody would have walked up to me in like my room and I'd just have a mortar and pestle and some fucking whiskey. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just trying to make some American perfume. <laughs> I have muddled some of this basil. Yeah. So Whiskey basil. <laughs> Original scent by Keon. <laughs> That does honestly sound uh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, except for you can't wear whiskey as a scent. I know this because <laughs> of the cops. So the origin of like why it's called Hungary water, and it's sometimes called Queen of Hungary water. It probably originated. They basically have two women. They could be the origin point. Um, I don't know why I said that's so weird. The origin story of well, Hungary water. I think it's more weird now. <laughs> You're right. Uh, it was a Queen Elizabeth, the two that they have it narrowed down to. So it may have been Queen Elizabeth of Poland, who ruled from 1305 to 1380. Or it could have been Saint Elizabeth, who was a princess of Hungary. Dude, I can tell you at this point in time that this is some weird, like, stuck point in reality. Where the person who does this has to be named Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, just making sense. Yeah, it's like Gathering. the bat under, underneath Gotham that just keeps trying to make Batman. Like, there will be an, a, a Queen Elizabeth that makes the smell of Hungary. <laughs> yeah. So, St. Elizabeth, who was a, a princess, uh, ruled from 1207 to 1231. And what were her saintly miracles? Uh, she basically looked at a sick guy in a bed and uh, saw the nice. image of God on a crucifix. Nice. I fucking love right, I guess Jesus on a crucifix. Hilarious. How long did it take to canonize that shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure when she was declared a saint. And then I think she healed a leper was the other one. That's No, she did not. <laughs> All of his leper parts fell off. <laughs> I think you have to have three, don't you? Is it three? Yeah, her I third kinda, one I was she. That part t- of it. Yeah, the third <laughs> one was she took one of the bishop's noses and gave it back. Yeah, well, because it was Queen of Hungary water, and I was like, one of these isn't even from Hungary. She's from Poland. And That's I'm like, not the other how ones queens work, man. <laughs> Queens don't have to. Yeah, that's the whole problem with having empires and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Transparency. 
So then um, perfume kind of picked up around that era. So uh, previous to that, uh, there were also Egyptians and Greeks that kind of had versions of perfume. The Egyptians actually had little cones that they would wear on their heads that were coated in beeswax and would sometimes have like other spices. Uh, frankincense and myrrh was popular at the time. Walking around with unicorn fucking shit, <laughs> dripping weird things onto their head. Yeah, the original party hat. They I were kind of country. Is that probably <laughs> that's probably how those they've just been around forever, and somebody forgot that they're supposed to coat them and grow stuff. I <laughs> don't think I could have lived in any culture that they were like the only way to not smell like a rotting person is to cover yourself in oil. Yeah, too slippery. I die. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it was more solid beeswax because you can get it like more congealed, right? I supposedly I'm not a huge beeswax guy. Like yeah, I, know I don't know paraffin much about it. a little bit, right. and I know that like you can't really reduce it super easy because it'll set on fire. Mm. But I can also see how like lightly setting it on fire might be how you reduce it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know much about that. Yeah, I just know that <laughs> wax exists. Uh, but so you can find, you know, artifacts where you'll actually see uh, Egyptians with the cones on their head. And there was a pharaoh, a, a pharaoh. What do you, is I it still a pharaoh if it's a I, woman? I believe it's still a pharaoh. <laughs> okay. There were two women like found in a burial site that still had the cones on their head. They were just doing a cone fight. <laughs> Could you imagine dying with a cone on your head? How embarrassing. I mean, I'm probably going <laughs> to die wearing a vest, so... Um, the Greeks would mix uh, different things in olive oil. It's generally like almonds and different types of wood. I <laughs> love me some wood. I actually do tar pitch soap, so I don't use uh, shaving cream to shave because that shit's a waste of money. But sometimes if I want to Do you be, just like do it straight or water? Or, like, I, use, I use water and okay. I use cold water because of the movie Full Metal Jacket where, <laughs> the, <laughs> where they're in uh, like the first week of the actual war and just over the radio in the background, they're playing advice for how to shave okay. and not give yourself razor burn during a war. And I was like, I don't know if that's real, but that's better. That's more <laughs> advice than I have ever gotten shaving from anyone else. Yeah. You're like, I'll just do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. But so if I want to be like fancy, I'll get like pine tar soap, which, okay. yeah, weird up to my one of my older sisters for just buying me grandpa soap. But it that smells like whiskey and like old leather books. <laughs> and you right. just shave your face with that. And then you walk around like smelling like a nice campfire well-read drunkard i feel like there is uh okay there's a nester to do rum i was gonna say i think there's a nester for whiskey um i didn't fully get into that so let me do that real quick actually sorry there's like a whole table right so you can be like oh i want grape and you're like all right cool methyl anthrolate like and you can just synthesize whatever but yeah, there's rum, not whiskey, but I bet you could make a uh, pretty no, close yeah. to a whiskey So scent. I'm pretty sure that that thing is so, there's like 300 of those base ones and it's like 50,000 things we've managed to make with them. Yeah, probably. That would be a cool little database to take a look at. Oh yeah, so the wood thing though. <laughs> so the Greeks would do that. Uh, Pliny the Elder, one of the original like uh, hater bad reviews. I feel like we've talked about Pliny <laughs> before on this podcast. Yeah, he was like one of the original asshole critics. But like, it's pretty funny and he's got a lot of good points. See, everyone's got to stop being like, yeah, critics <laughs> suck, except for this one guy. It's like, nah, it's cool. He sucks, but sometimes I feel like him. <laughs> um, but he was not a fan of this olive oil concoction. He's like, it, it's a nuisance. It barely does anything. After an hour, it's gone. And you, so. all of the deaths from slipping and falling on everything <laughs> for being all oily. Yeah, that's something you don't hear much about. All the olive oil accidents yeah, happening Yeah, because in it was Greece. probably agreed <laughs> that it is embarrassing to die like that. So they're like, just mark them down as killed in the Colosseum. 
yeah. Just credit this one to the Lions again, yeah. I guess. Please don't tell my mom I <laughs> slipped in olive oil while I was climbing a ladder. <laughs> tell her I got shipped off to war and died getting off a boat wrong. Oh, man. Could you imagine you, like, slip at the butt sex orgy, too? I mean, you're probably going to do that anyway. That's probably the only place it's safe. That's why they got all those pillows. That is a good point. I would assume that they would, like, after the first few orgies in a room made of stone stuff, <laughs> they would have figured out, like... A few guys did have to die, yeah, but... <laughs> break a few eggs. But you, you do put pillows on the corners. <laughs> Yeah, so then we talked about Hungary water. Uh, the Italians then kind of became the perfumists of the world. That was like where you could get the hot perfumes in like the Middle Ages and stuff. <laughs> gross. <laughs> What's gross about that? So preferred, just like the Middle Ages, man. Every time I think about actually smelling the Middle Ages, like because yeah. all they had was incredibly strong perfume and death. Yeah, well, and they're pomanders, so they're swinging around. <laughs> yeah, those incredibly strong perfume and death, like, directly next to each other. Like, you either are smelling some crazy strong thing that's made to mask death, or you pull away and you're like, everything around me is rotting. Uh, but in 1709, an Italian guy, Giovanni Maria Farina, moved to Cologne, Germany. Mm, and he invented cologne. <laughs> he did. Is this how this fucking works? <laughs> uh, it was called Eau de Cologne. It still is, actually. You can still get it. So it's water of cologne? Yep. <laughs> um, I he... sound fancy, but I know that because of Dragon Ball Z. Nice. I mean, that's fancy. Maybe Dragon Ball Super. I'm not sure where it fell into it. I Dude, watched that whole thing real fast. Knowledge so I have is... to get Eau de Toilette as somebody's fucking present. Oh, that is another famous one. Yeah, yeah. water. Yeah, toilet water. Yeah. <laughs> That's bathroom water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, knowledge is power, man. Knowledge is fancy no matter what, even if you got it from Dragon Ball Z. I mean, I think so, especially <laughs> if I got it from Dragon Ball Z, because it's weird that they're like, oh, also, some ladies like Ode to Toilet. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Giovanni, who, by the way, he started going by Johan when he moved to Cologne. So Johan uh, wrote to his brother. So Johnny and Klagna, <laughs> or Klagfa, and uh, Johan had he did a few things, but he had kind of uh, messed around with perfumery. Yeah, he's an Italian guy. It was one of his hobbies. I mean, I, <laughs> at this point in time, I've gotten old enough to realize that anything you stare at too long will become your hobby. <laughs> so he wrote to his brother from Cologne. And he told him about this eau de cologne that he had made. Uh, and so his original recipe was lemon, jasmine, rosemary, bergamot, and rose. The fuck is bergamot? Bergamot is uh, an orange. It's okay, like a, I know a green orange. Yeah. Yeah. They put a picture. I had to look it up. And then I was like, oh, those things. <laughs> Like I mentioned, it is still around. So this is another one that it's like disputes over the original recipe. Everything like... <laughs> over 20 years old has a dispute <laughs> over the original recipe. And that's because yeah. that was before we recorded everything the instant it had a record. <laughs> yep. And this one has 300 years to 300 plus years for people to argue about. Yeah. And then they're going to be like, we found that. But then we got our fucking mass spectrotron thingy to go with the time window and found out it was actually in 4 BC. <laughs> um, so there is still a modern version of it that is handled by the family. It's called Farina 1709. That's um, That's just... That sounds like a clone. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Release Serentino, blah, blah, number. Yeah. Execute Farina 1709. Mm, either that or you just Farina 1709. <laughs> yeah. 8675 Farina 1709. No, don't do it. <laughs> uh, Napoleon was a big fan of it. 
he would order hundreds of bottles at a time and he'd have people like deliver it to him when he was out at war. Yeah, he did a lot, like pretty much everything. <laughs> so we're talking about the war Napoleon specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did pretty much everything at war, didn't he? Yeah, he was always out there. Yeah, like, especially when people were like, hey, man, you should really calm the fuck down a little bit. He was like, no. Oh, more war? Okay. I've got this. I recently watched the oversimplified um, French Revolution, and it was pretty funny. Oversimplified. Fun podcast, or not podcast, YouTube? YouTube channel? Yeah. Nice. If you ever want to see horrible atrocities, um, (laughs) easily summed up by paper dolls. Oh, okay. It's like that paper doll style animation. Yeah, like South Park-ish. Yeah, but like more animated. Right. It yeah. Um some people think that it may have actually contributed to his death. It also probably helped him uh like constantly dousing himself in this cologne because it does have slight antiseptic properties. Yeah, right, so if he's getting but little you can scrapes. over antiseptic yourself to where right. you don't get any new stuff in. <laughs> Yeah, you're just, like, pickling yourself, basically. Well, that's what they think a lot of asthma from our younger generation was caused by, was because we were, they're, like, the generation beforehand grew up just Lysoling the shit out of everything, so houses were, like, nothing but animal dander and, like, dust. Yeah. So you only got used to, like, your cat. Um, yeah, 1921. So that whole process that I was telling you about esterification and Le Chatier's principle, even it's like all that stuff was discovered, uh, in the late 1800s. Yeah. So the, like the fragrance industry, there definitely were fragrance industries in a sense, you know, I'm talking about like the Italian perfumists and everything, but kind of the modern perfume industry and fragrance industry uh really took off like around the early 1900s so in 1921 um chanel number five came out and shalimar which are still like two of the most famous scents ever and like still huge sellers yeah because of us talking about perfume before like the movie where the guy kills the hookers i now just (laughs) think of all of these as like clones that they're like quickening to squeeze out into bottles uh, just like quicken 400 chanels we've got more chanel number five to make milk the chanels bring me the shalimars we will juice them oh, yeah. <laughs> you gotta use a pulp one for the shalimars <laughs> yeah can i get a chanel number five no pulp <laughs> delicious so Chanel really like had a monopoly on the industry for about 20 years, 25-ish years. Then in 1947, like basically all the d- designers got in the game. So like Armani, you know, the whole deal. Kirkland. <laughs> Kirkland. Kirkland literally, <laughs> Kirkland makes, or I guess they probably all have like the same base cologne that they split between everyone who buys Kirkland things. Yeah. I remember Kirkland vodka too, and like people really liked that, and it was a pretty good vodka. I'm like, Kirkland must have just like a badass lab somewhere or something. No, Kirk. So Kirkland is like, uh, I believe the way they do things is they just own factories. Yeah, yeah, it's that whole deal of like generic stuff, and just, well, yeah. So yeah. it'll be like they have a factory that just makes vodka. And then people <laughs> aftermarket by that. That's like kind of a lot how whiskey is made as well. Like yeah. that's why you have all these whiskey companies that can pop up left and right because they're like, we purchased this whiskey from somebody that was already 15 years old and then we aged it seven years ourselves. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's cheating. And <laughs> it's like it was only in the whatever barrel. Yeah. Yeah. 1947, everyone kind of jumps in. And then. It's like fragrance really, it's kind of gone through phases, kind of fell off for a little bit, but in the 90s really came back strong. Yeah, everybody did smell in the 90s. (laughs) Aquadigio came out in 96. 96 was a big year. That's also when um, Alien and Angel by Terry Mugler came out. I thought you were going to (laughs) say 
Alien the movie and Angel the spinoff of Buffy came out at the same time and I was about to jump down your throat and be like, neither of those are true, man. <laughs> and that kind of ushered in, and it's always kind of been a thing too, it existed before, but kind of ushered in like the crazy bottle era. The crazy bottle? Bottle. I thought you said model and I was like, okay, <laughs> they just started making them crazy when they walk. Yeah, have you ever seen like an interesting cologne or perfume bottle? Yeah, no, I have. I've seen, they do the same thing that water bottles do. Where <laughs> yeah. they're just like, we have made it so that you are now spending $3,000 on a bottle yep. and 50 cents on Kalagna. <laughs> yeah, like Angel and Alien was one of those. Um, Angel was like a big metallic star thing. Alien just was like a cool glass kind of deal. A warble. <laughs> it looked like a weird spaceship. There's a, I don't know if you've ever seen Le Mail. <laughs> I didn't know what it was called until last night. Probably. But it's I, basically just like a dude's torso. Yeah, I like think striped. I've seen the star one as well. Yeah. Because like I, a lot of these were probably in the background of chick flicks when we were yeah, kids. Definitely. Of which I saw many of. To the point where I can barely remember the name of any of them because they're all the same plot line. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I found this kind of interesting. This is a more modern issue thing. I don't know what to call it uh, in the fragrance industry. In 2016, a company called Dua emerged. And Dua, what they did was they used a gas chromatograph to analyze and get the actual molecular structure of everybody else's shit yeah and then they shamelessly rip them off i remember when this happened (laughs) yeah yeah this is a see now we're into like where i was alive when dumb (laughs) sciencey things were happening yeah because yeah i think that machine is cool as fuck adam yeah gas chromatographs are awesome i used um a couple times in labs in college to just do like really simple stuff check your farts (laughs) i wish and uh the ones that we used we actually they were uh i think technically they're called liquid gcms which is like liquid gas chromatograph mass spectrometer yeah um, so what that means is like you pour a liquid into it, it either ignites it or volatilizes it and then uses the mass spectrograph to basically bounce light off that. And you, what it spits out is a graph that has different peaks and you look at that graph and you're like, Oh, hydrogen, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Adam. Yes. Yeah. So Duo was doing that just shamelessly ripping people off and they were of course wildly successful so that just opened up the copycat market yeah and i guess that's should. the current state of yeah. the industry is just everyone's you can doing just that. fucking make whatever you want <laughs> yeah it's fucking great you gotta be careful <laughs> although they, we do kind of have a cap on making actual sense what do you mean like the just kind of like there's nothing new under the sun deal well We've so got we can all. only go like so far with the molecules that we have like we can right. we can always introduce more molecules, but those become poison at some point. <laughs> True. That's a thing that I wonder about a lot. Is whether or not everything we're doing is poisonous? Me too. Yeah, and just the place we've taken it, and obviously it's cool to like make cool fragrances and whatever, but it's like now that we're doing it on an industrial scale and people are just like dousing themselves in it. Oh yeah. Like- <laughs> Spray cans full of axe. Yeah. Oh, Axe is terrible. It was never good. I've always just not enjoyed that stuff. It's better than smelling like a rotten person. So I've definitely had Axe and I've definitely been in stores when I was sweaty and just sprayed myself with Axe because I'm not paying for it. (laughs) Yeah, just off the shelf. What else I got here? So (laughs) the U.S. government tried to weaponize smell. Of course. As I mean, I'm sure many other governments yeah, have. They def- yeah. Is this the guys? Because I know there was like a competition for a little bit on trying to make the worst smell ever. Yeah. So that was their goal. It's a thing called. Well, it's had. I know that it involves just kind of like uh, following the <laughs> table of which elements down a certain path. And you're like, 
as you go down here, the smells get actually like dangerous. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not sure about that. Um, I saw a couple different versions of it. <laughs> There's kind of a funny one that they were using in World War II. I say it's funny just because they called it who me gross. <laughs> and it was basically like there was even a little field manual that instructed them how to use it. That's just like kind of sneak up, like spray the shit around them and like leave. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll just be annoyed. Yeah. Or like you can just use it to make people like hate that person or that smell or like. Yeah, you just make an irritated person. What they should have done was make a terrible, terrible weapon that liquefies somebody that has a specific smell and then just used (laughs) that smell so they only had to liquefy a couple of people. Yeah. They'd be like, oh shit, it's that terrible smell. And it's like, just bananas or whatever. (laughs) It's always bananas. Uh, So we're talking about the military making nasty smells. They made the who me. Then they were experimenting with this thing called malodor around the vietnam era in the 90s they wanted to improve on that so they actually did a worldwide survey just different smells like vomit burnt hair sewage and they were trying to identify like which one was universally hated what i found interesting about that was there was no one thing that people unanimously picked I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) The way I feel about how, like, our sensories adapt is if it's something that's going to cripple us and our body has the ability to, like, get used to it, it does. That's why you never, like, there is no country where everybody is like, all of the food here sucks. (laughs) But there are plenty of people who are like, all of the food from that place sucks. That's because you just get used to whatever the fuck food you have because it keeps you alive and you're addicted to it. So you're like, I I love it. Yeah. But the one that they did arrive at as the worst was actually just a military latrine. So literally like their own smell, basically. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. And they employed the use of a Monell Chemical Senses Center to try to improve on that you know, particular brand of smell. And so they actually replicated it and they added a slight uh, fruity hint to it. Oh, I can see how that would make it worse because that makes it almost more like dead. Yeah, and it's supposed to like draw you in. I guess you kind of smell that first. So you're like, ooh, what's that? And then you're like just hit with horrible. That is, that's (laughs) how the smell of dead things is where you're walking by you're like, Uh, so that stuff is called stench soup. Stench soup. Why can't... So, like, we got <laughs> to this point where scientists aren't allowed to name things fun things anymore <laughs> in, like, the early 90s, late 80s. Why are we still allowed to in the military? I don't know. We should let the scientists go back to naming things stupid things. <laughs> none of this NJSR1 <laughs> Apparently, none of these have ever been used, you know, in a real conflict or war. That wouldn't surprise me. We have to do like a lot of work now to introduce a new weapon of war outside of wartime versus during wartime. We're like, hey, man, you just press a stamp on this entire classification of weapons and uh, we'll use them and you can tell us whether or not that was okay. (laughs) That's how we do. That's when we yeah. like build our little war chest up and then we're like, oh God, they said yes to all class C's. Everyone in your class C's, get in your class C's. We're driving them to school. Yeah. Put that in your filing cabinet of war. That'd I mean, be a cool video game. The filing cabinet of war where yeah. you're just a guy who draws <laughs> pictures of tanks. It's the prequel to God of War. Oh my. <laughs> it's the guys developing God of War. Uh, I got one more thing for you. As you know, Unicorp is on the schedule to become the first corporate entity to discover the truth behind the fabled representation. Unfortunately, measures are being taken to undermine that effort at this very moment. That's why this month only, Unicorn is offering a free week of hunting a synthetic bear in the wastes of the Hypermall as the convict of your choice for the top three reports 
of any actions of the Rebellion LLC. Remember, snitches get to hunt a bear. Unicorp, the only choice for your future. It's gross, but <laughs> very, very, very hairy. It's um, this thing called hexadecanol. Mmm, that girl from fucking reboot virus. <laughs> face to face to face to face to face to face to face with hexadecimal. Yeah, very close to that. Yeah, hexadecanol. It looks like hexadecanal. Mmm. <laughs> Um, Hexadation out with Zoe's sister. <laughs> it is actually odorless, but apparently we do perceive it through the olfactory system. And it just makes you blind? Well, it affects behavior. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> so, this Happy is... Happy or sad? Well, it depends if you're male or female. Um, there was an experiment done in 2021... And what they did, they made a video game and basically they rigged the game to make it frustrating, right? So there's like this character that you're competing against and the, that character can like just beat you in an unfair way. That's, you're but then... Putting me in a video game where they're like, <laughs> this guy's just going to beat you in an unfair way. I'm just going to get real frustrated and be like, well, this game sucks. <laughs> But then it flips and you have an opportunity to punish that character who just like got one over on you, basically. And then they pump in the hexadecanol. <laughs> and see if you just relentlessly beat the thing. Yeah. So what they found was um, women. And, and so the first I should say the punishment they could actually gauge and measure uh, what was happening in the game essentially was like you were yelling at this character and there's like a decibel meter. Okay, so I don't gotcha. know if you had to physically yell. I think you would have had to physically yell for them to put a decibel meter on it. Yeah, maybe. I should have took note of that. Um, but there was like a measure, whether it was in game or real life. Uh, and what they found was women would increase their aggression and punishment by 17% when exposed to the hexadecanol. But men would actually decrease their aggression and punishment by 18%. I don't know. This sounds like real close numbers to a margin error. <laughs> so then they were like, well, what could that possibly mean? Or like, what reason is there for that? Do you have any ideas you want to take a guess? I would say it just affects whatever releases testosterone. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that could be it. Uh, that's more of the mechanism. That's interesting. But I'm saying, like, in what situation would that play out? Like, what is the evolutionary advantage, essentially? Why would it, this be happening? Wait, would evolutionary advantage to the man-made thing we're using <laughs> as a gas? None. So we, do, we find it in nature in different places. Like what? <laughs> I don't want to reveal it yet because it's kind of part of the question. So what the theory was... Um, so is it baby shit? Do the we smell find from it baby head. shit? Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's why. Protective and not club to death. Right. Yeah, so they developed this theory. They're like, well, when would this ever like be a thing? And they're like, oh, maybe babies. And so they measured the odors coming off of babies' heads. And I didn't take a super deep look at the all of the data, but... Basically, the preliminary data was like 8 out of 10 babies that they measured. They were finding this hexadecanol coming off of them. So they just switched to using baby heads as the source <laughs> for hexadecanol? Yeah, I'm not sure how they're um, synthesizing they're it. They did show the... juicing babies <laughs> right next to all their Chanel's. Yeah, they showed the, uh, like the, chemi the molecular structure. It's... C16H32O. So. Mm, looks a lot like a fucking Ferris wheel with one extra leg. <laughs> yeah, some benzene rings. I mean, it would be remarkable if I managed to guess that with my absolute lack of knowledge in that area. I mean, let's take a look. I'm, I'm, you're probably right. Um, I mean, C16, that's just two benzene rings. I don't know. 
It's a, it is a chain. Yeah. So. See, I was way off. It looks like a snake that yeah. is cranky. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. That's a weird thing. Like I said, that was just a study in 2021. So, yeah, they're still, I guess, figuring this thing out. It does get into pheromones, too. And, like, what is a pheromone? You know, basically, it's just, like, a chemical signal that we use to communicate. Yeah. So, s- certain animals have, like, absolutely used pheromones. Like, ants are one of them. Yeah, we ants exclusively use pheromones. Yeah. Well, I guess they might use their eyes, but... Yeah. And antenna, I guess. But, yeah, but like, they're big on pheromones. Feel. Yeah. Like, is their feel? Because I don't think they got a whole lot of receptor on the carapace <laughs> the thorax <laughs> chitinous carapace about yeah um but human pheromones are i guess a little bit of a debate in the scientific on whether community. or not they actually do anything yeah like if they exist like if that's a thing that i would imagine that if they were in any way actually useful we would have already had started enslaving people using them <laughs> Yeah, probably. That's uh, so that the Quantum War <laughs> fucking series that I'm always telling you has a terrible overname because the first book is the Quantum Magician, and they should have just called it that for all three books. <laughs> um, that's one of the first like atrocities that happens when man goes to space with all his powers is a group of people decide to basically make themselves emit a pheromone that made an engineered group of people they're slaves and uh yeah it backfired (laughs) they ended up like fucking doing the whole eat the king thing Uh and now they like keep them fucking in cages and make them breed and stuff to try and keep their society like settled (laughs) that sounds horrible yeah they gotta huff normans most of the normans got they're literally called normans it's great the puppets have to huff the normans otherwise (laughs) they'll start dying so they literally just inhale them yeah, they like get them in rooms. Like there is, uh, it's kind of a spoiler, but they have a <laughs> they have a war Norman, which is okay. one of the best things ever. So like these guys can't really run around without this pheromone at all, right? Which comes off a person. So in order to be in a war, mm, yeah, they have people. to keep a Norman around that they huff, <laughs> which involves like keeping a prisoner with them basically because none of the normans like the fact that they are prisoners yeah oh you know one other crazy thing that i learned is um we start learning our sense of smell in the womb yeah i did so in my little research thing the whole fucking us building our smell sense is uh it looks almost exactly like a level tree <laughs> Like, nice. over time, we're just like, oh, we've collected this one. Ching. <laughs> you now can smell roses more clearly. <laughs> yeah, there was some study done where um, they had moms who were pregnant that were around environments that were like, there were three things, high in garlic, uh, cigarette smoke, and alcohol. Nice. I love all three of those smells. <laughs> Well, what they found was once those kids were born, like they had a greater affinity for those smells. They were all about them. Like, not even necessarily like they wanted them. They just liked those smells. They made them happy. That's probably why people like the smell of gasoline. (laughs) Dad working in the gasoline mines. (laughs) I told you my gasoline story, right? What? When you were like, why does this. Where I was like, Dad, I like the smell of gasoline. He's like, Me too, son, but don't (laughs) breathe too deep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did. I now remember that. I'll never forget that. That was great. Well. Indeed. You want to do some plugs? What? Are we done with the episode? Do you want to be? That was a whole episode. You just asked if I wanted to do some plugs. Well, do you want to keep going is what I'm asking now. I have a whole thing. Oh, shit. Okay. I thought you already did your thing. Fuck yeah. (laughs) No, I just said you said to do your thing first. Have we done an hour? Yeah. Then I'm fine with cutting it off. (laughs) We can do this the next one and just have a smell tea part. Okay. All right. Sick. Well, damn, I've, interesting. I fucked that up, but I guess it kind of worked out. So yeah. you want to do plugs? <laughs> uh, sure. You can find me at <laughs> Jane Fritz. That's J-A-I-N underscore Fritz. Uh, Fritz with an S on Instagram. And that is the only place you can currently find me. Nice. Um, 
I am. You can find me on Instagram as well. I am VR Frittatas. And we do also have the UPP Twitch. We've been streaming every Tuesday, Tuesday afternoons, playing The Last of Us Part 2. I don't know. I guess we're probably approaching about halfway. Uh, All Um, I have heard from that game is that it is long. Yeah. Which I know the first game is not long. (laughs) And the, the source I have from this is actually Thumb Cramps which okay. one of those guys loves the how long is it website. Oh yeah, I do like that. How long to beat.com. Yeah. yeah. Uh so yeah, follow us on Twitch. We our account there is UPP underscore playa. P L A Y A. You got anything else? Uh no. Alright. Well uh hasta luego. Peace to la pasta. Thank you.